Hello and welcome to From Garage to Growth, a small business story, a podcast where we journey into the heart of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Brad Rue. Every week we delve into the compelling stories of small businesses and the remarkable individuals who brought them to life. From humble beginnings in garages and basements to grand victories in boardrooms and beyond, we leave no stone unturned. So buckle up as we explore the unique world of entrepreneurship, one business story at a time. Any testimonial or endorsement shown is based on an individual's experience and may not be representative of the experience of other individuals or customers. There's no guarantee of future performance or success. No direct recognition or indirect payment or other compensation is provided to any person for a testimonial endorsement appearing here. We have with us today Green Bay Greg, the man himself, Greg Dallaire, owner of Dallaire Realty. He is a local real estate agent, owner, fantastic human being, and he's gracing us with his presence today. And he's going to tell us his humble beginnings of being in the real estate world. And super excited to be here. I'm super excited to share the story. Hopefully we can give some value to the audience members. I know there's definitely people that have thought about getting into this business and, you know, I'm an open book and I, a lot of people, I feel like when they talk about real estate, as far as a career and getting into the business, they only show the pros. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the polar opposite of that. I want everyone to know that the true, how difficult this business can be and you know, setting those ex- expectations, but happy to talk about my story as well. Yeah. So take us back. How did you even get into real estate? And you obviously didn't just jump out of grade school right into selling properties. So tell how it all started. I was like 14, 15, and there was this book that came out called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, who had written these books. Uh, basically, teach you about the importance of becoming either into these different quadrants, like self-employment or self-employed business owner or investor. Um, and that kind of opened my eyes. And then I had a, a gentleman by the name of Royal Shackelford over at Cobalt Banker. When I worked for the newspaper, I worked in classified advertising when I was like 16 because I could type 95 words a minute. <laughs> but I met this real estate investor who also was a real estate agent. His name is Royal Shackelford. Uh, he was working at Cobalt Banker. And I just started asking him some questions about these ads I was running for him about duplexes and things. You know, you really should come down to my office and We'll have a coffee and talk, and I was, I think, 16, 17 at the time, and ended up going to his office, and he said, hey, you need to read these books, and then if you read these books, come back and see me. Hmm. Don't tell me to read something. I typically read it, so I did end up coming back to him. Um, I ended up getting my real estate license in 2006. Um, Was that under Cobalt then? Yeah, I started at Cobalt Banker back in 2006, and um, Royal Shackelford had kind of guided me, and then... When I was 19, I bought my first investment property. Um, I bought a duplex and then I owner occupied my side and then I had a roommate and I also had a renter on the other side. Um, I was really grateful. I had a really great job, super young age. I worked for the Gannett newspapers, which is like the Green Bay Press Gazette, but they actually had 11 newspapers. Um, And I kind of just worked my way up there. And when I graduated high school, they just kept promoting me into these different positions. Were you selling properties at the time too then? No, I was just working for the newspaper, but I basically got to the point where I had enough money saved up from that. Plus, being fully transparent, I was uh, really good at playing online poker. (laughs) But I was really good with computers and technology. Online poker, plus having a great job, I had enough money saved up at a point where I could take the leap of faith of saying, hey, you know what, I I don't have to depend on a paycheck every single day. Plus, I had lowered my living expenses by having a roommate and a renter 
and I, I decided to take the leap of faith and get my real estate license. I think it was like 21 and a half at the time. So I started extremely young. Thankfully, I could grow some facial hair, so I actually <laughs> looked like I wasn't 21 years old because you're dealing with people's biggest asset a lot of times in real estate. So then you were working basically full-time for Coldwell, just selling properties. Yeah, to be brutally honest, the first couple of years, I was honestly playing a lot of golf. I was you know, playing a lot of online poker, and then I met my beautiful bride. We had a daughter, and I realized, hey, I need to take this serious. I do not want to be, a, they call them rounder. I, I don't want to be an online poker player uh, for the rest of my life mm. as a family. So I decided to really kick things into gear, and that's really when the, the consistent takeoff occurred with our business. And in 2011, um, we launched Delaire Realty. Started with me, and then we slowly kind of grew and added people over time. So why not stay under the Coldwell arm? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, Michael Sewell, Royal Shackleford, and all the great people there really were awesome to deal with. Um, but at that time, the technology world was re- rapidly changing, and I was on the forefront and cutting edge of that. Um, it's always been my specialty. Just there was a lot of things that I knew that I was doing on my own from a technology perspective for my clients that... Coldwell wasn't really doing. So I was like, I'd rather build the things we want to build it and have a better process uh, for our clients from marketing. Back in 2007, really no one was taking professional pictures. We always take professional pictures. Property, you know, we were doing videos back in 2008, 2009, wow. 10 on YouTube and really trying to do a lot of marketing things that a lot of people weren't. Um, so I just, I wanted to be in control. Um, I had our website to the first page of Google in 2011 and I really knew where things were going and that people were going to be using search and other things to find resources. And you just didn't feel with Colwell and their structure that you were able to really employ a lot of that on your own without going through the bureaucracy of approvals or the brand? Combination of all of it. Yeah, I wanted to be able to build it ourselves and build a brand. I had some moments in 2010 before I went on our own completely. I was like, hey, does the brand help me? How much does it really impact? And I kind of did a test run for a period of a year uh, where I worked at a different company. They had great marketing and stuff, but I purposely did not use any of it. Hey, this is like a pre-test before I go fully out on my own. And then I took the jump of faith because I knew that at that point it was what I brought to the table from a communication standpoint, professionalism, a follow-up, gritty, like, you know, sales things that... A lot of people talk a big game, but I was always pretty consistent. Um, and over time, I just started getting more and more referrals because people trusted what, if I said I was going to do something, I actually did it. So you started Delaire Realty. How does a real estate agent just start a real estate company? You obviously have to get uh, years under your belt. You have to get a certain amount of sales to become a broker. You know, you have what's called a real estate salesperson, then you have a real estate broker. So a real estate salesperson can't become a broker until they have at least, I believe now it was two years of experience, but I think they've increased that. Then they have obviously licensing requirements. You have a lot more responsibilities where you have to, people underneath you that you're making sure they're doing things. The Supervisory. Way. Yes. Gotcha. So you've slowly gathered agents under you and some have come and gone. Where are you sitting at now with your brokerage? So we have 12 Agents, we cover Green Bay, Appleton, and Oshkosh. We're not about having the most agents. We're about building the most productive agents because we actually have three full-time support staff that is basically having three executive assistants for each individual person on our team. They're very specialized. 
and they're extremely detail-oriented people because I think most people that are probably listening, they probably know some good salespeople. And great salespeople are usually good at talking and presenting, <laughs> but they typically suck at the details. So I wanted to find three specific people that were like so detail-oriented. Like I don't even let our agents write the descriptions on the property. To give you an example, I want somebody who is methodical and thinks about things differently. So we're not about having the most agents, but we've averaged, it was crazy. I just recently, for a, another talk, we've averaged 38 sales to 51 for the last eight years. And if you Google, like, what per is agent. the average? Yeah, per sale per agent. Wow. And if you Google, like, what does the average realtor sell like seven homes a year? Um, I'm not looking to have the most agents, but we want to make the most productive agents. Um, but if anyone's watching and wants to get into real estate, we're actually at a point right now where we could definitely acquire some massive talent in Green Bay, in Appleton, and in Oshkosh. So if anyone's thinking about um, getting into the real estate industry, we'd love to have a conversation. So what was it like running Dallaire in the early days now that you're also a true business owner? Um, for a young entrepreneur starting a business, what are some things that you started learning right off the bat that you had to go, okay, I got to figure this out? I always tell people the minute I think I have this figured out is the minute I get my butt kicked. And I'm telling you what, anyone that knows me, I don't want to get my butt kicked. So I'm always trying to improve and get better. Yeah, we learned so much, so many hiring mistakes that we made along the journey. And it was just from inexperience, lack of knowledge. But the great thing about our team and the people that have been with us for a long time, we don't let ourselves make those same mistakes. I mean, we're willing to gamble on somebody you know, if we feel like they have potential it factor. But there's so many fail-safes in place now that there weren't initially. And sometimes you have to make some mistakes to learn and get better at things. And I was scared about that for a little while, but I realized you can't grow unless you learn it. Sometimes you have to fail to learn. And the more rapid we can learn and grow, the quicker we can get everyone to the, a much further thing down the road. You've obviously learned a few things about running a business. Had there been any big, holy crap, what just happened? Any big stumbling blocks in your path as a real estate agent so far? whether it's the market or business mistakes. Yeah, I think we've been consistent for a long period of time and we've built up this business. There's times when things change in the market where, for example, 60% of the homes are locked up. When I mean locked up is they have a mortgage under 4% and we're in an environment where the rates are much higher. And one of the things we struggle with now is we are so big on past client and referral business because we've been doing this for a long time and we have a great process and people trust us and we've been telling our team for a while initially what helped us build our client base was a lot of outside sources and knowing proactively that like hey we need to engage some of these other sources but those other sources are a little bit harder to work they take a little more effort but as a leader, I need to make sure that our team is looking at this from, hey, you know what? You're reliant too much on, on these two sources and that's great. I understand that's what you want to do. But if you truly want to hit your goals, like we need to open up the playbook and go back to the plays that built your database to begin with. But it's a journey and things are always changing and evolving, but your mindset and kind of the effort that our team puts in is what's going to get us through all these different phases. And if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And I'll tell you what, there's a, a mass exodus of people in the mortgage and real estate industry. It's I was going to say, have you seen that with just in the communities that you're kind of still touching? In 2022, there was 1.6 million realtors. In 2023, I think 
the last time I checked, and this was months ago, but it was like 1.2 million. Wow. But 1.6 was like uncharted territory. The barrier of entry to get into our industry, unfortunately, is a little too easy, I mm -hmm. feel like, in the bare minimums. But the problem is like, it's still one of those attrition businesses where you bring 10 people in, similar to finance, mm -hmm. like financial advising, you bring in 10 people, after five years, one is left if you're lucky. Sure. It's a very tough business. What do you see as the biggest hangup for young or not even young, some people starting mid-career back into, into a real estate role, what do you see as the main things that do not allow them to be successful? I would say for our industry, we've actually had more success with people that are outside of the industry getting in because they don't come pre-programmed with these bad habits. Um, I think a lot of people that have been a real estate agent for a year to five years, they think they have it figured out. And maybe they think they can reprogram themselves, but the reality is usually you can't. Yeah. I mean, for people that have experience, I feel like they have a hard time really adapting and changing. They have to truly want it. You and I both know how change, how hard change is, but you have to want it. But as far as somebody that's not in it, you have to have the ability to communicate with people. Like you need to be able to consultatively have conversations and ask great questions and shut up. Like every once in a while, you know, I get excited <laughs> and I just start talking and I can't stop. But a great salesperson needs to be listening 80% of the time and talking 20% of the time. Somebody that's great at communication, somebody that actually says they're going to do what they're going to do. If I commit to being here at 2 o'clock, I'm here. Right? Mm -hmm. And it's sad in 2023 that is something that we're even talking about. The professionalism, integrity to your word. Yeah, I set traps all the time. <laughs> hey, you need to like, I need you to do this. Even before like an interview, just to see if they're willing to do things. I tell my kids all the time, I'm like... If you can hustle and have work ethic, I, you can do anything in this world. Great advice for any young entrepreneur, too. And as long as you're willing to fail and learn and then try not to make that same mistake over and over again, uh, I think there's massive opportunity. So what do you see on the horizon for um, the, the leverage factor going forward for real estate company to real estate company? What do you think is going to set the, the stage to be the ones that pull ahead from the pack kind of going forward in this space? I mean, I think the inventory is going to stay low. Um, I think the buyer pool will potentially shrink a little bit. And I do think that the people that are actually pulling out the sword and going into the consistent of prospecting and by prospect reaching out to people that have intent to want to purchase real estate, I think there's a massive opportunity for the teams that kind of align with truly identifying the people that are looking to purchase and truly finding out their motivation you know, in the next few years. There's going to be less sales, and there's a 35% reduction in sales across the country just in 2023 alone. So everyone's fighting over less sale. It's not fun to go through, but it's actually probably a healthy thing for our industry. Um, and the people that kind of got in thought it was going to be easy money. I can tell you it is not. It is a lot of work. You sell your soul a lot of times. I have clients calling me, texting me, sometimes 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, love them to death, but sometimes that wears on you. You need to be quick responsive, because like you think about the now economy, it's a good thing and a bad thing, but super annoying. If I don't respond to somebody pretty quickly, and I may have a 10-year relationship, if they don't get the answer they want within seconds, they're off to somebody else. Looking forward, what do you say would be the difference that Dallaire Realty has, the secret sauce, if you mm -hmm. want to divulge the secret sauce, for us, you don't have to give us how it's made, but what is your Big Mac sauce that makes Dallaire Realty special? Um, I know you said some things about, you know, you have a higher um, 
close per agent. You may be using some technology, I understand, a little differently. What would you say is the competitive advantage that you guys have, whether it's, a, it's an actual thing or just some of the professionalism culture that you're teaching? What do you think that is? That's a great question. So I would tell you that the technology that we have in place and that we've had in place for a long period of time, we've poured serious money into our websites. And recently we just added a full-blown app to our repertoire. We have our own branded app in the app store, which has push notifications, cool. which allows you to actually communicate with your agent, which actually has accurate information. You go on those national websites and they're basically kind of like a trick to like, make you inquire on a property that's already gone. Our app is really designed to only show you properties that are truly available, not under contract. Um, I think it's the collaboration of the team, the leverage of the support team to do more. If you hire one agent who may work for this big brand name, but the reality is they don't really have an assistant, they don't have a closing coordinator, mm. they don't have an inside sales agent, um, they don't have a group of people around them that truly want them to be successful. But the culture at Delaire Realty is we help each other. If Sarah on our team has a soccer tournament for her girls, Chris on our team can cover that, or I can cover that too. One of our agents is in um, Boston right now, and he's had a client that wanted to see a property tonight. And I said, hey, no problem. I was just in Aruba. He helped me. And that's the thing with this now economy. We have to work together as a team. And we have the technology in place. We know that if somebody's in an appointment, and they get a text message, we could help them respond to that text message. We have staff and it's a team. Nice. But we also have this database of buyers who've been in our system since 2014. This massive database. We have over 70,000 people in our actual database. Wow. Where we have correct phone numbers, emails. We've probably been talking to a lot of these people for five to seven years, providing value to them, knowing that they're not ready. So to get back to your question, the things that people know us for is social media like a lot of people will put a property on social media they're not actually spending money advertising it mm -mm. they don't actually realize that they can actually retarget the people that are potentially a really good fit for that property you know we've got instagram we've got TikTok, we've got facebook but we actually spend money the majority of the posts that we do is our clients properties and we've always said we spend our money marketing our clients properties i yeah. see you post properties all the time yeah and we are spending money consistently with those platforms not to get outside of the circle like hey you put a sign in the yard and you put it on a website okay that's all fine and dandy but i want to catch the people that are not necessarily looking but they are the right fit sure. for these properties and that's been our voice but we keep adding more and more to our repertoire if you list a property with us we've got professional pictures we've got a floor plan a 3d walkthrough but now we actually have a floor plan that is connected to the 3D tour where you can actually click and walk through and it's 4K. But then we have video of the property. We have the video on YouTube and we're actually spending money to market that property. And this is crazy. I couldn't do all this stuff without staff. I understand how to do it. I, there's no way possible I could do it without staff. The secret sauce is not sexy. It's consistently doing something for, for us 13, 14 years. And thankfully, Mike Walsikoff, who's been with me forever, has poured into me every mistake that he ever made in his previous ventures. <laughs> he's just pounded into me. You don't do this. We don't do it. If we can't be consistent at it, we're not going to do it. That's cool. good advice for any entrepreneur, any business owner. So if you're going to do something that you know you can't follow through and be consistent on, is it really worth doing? Now, it's, it was painful. We launched TikTok. We launched Instagram. Hey, I'm the social media guy. I get it. But... I did not want to have to like manage all these other platforms, but we finally did it and we've been consistent at it. And it was 
amazing. In the last six months, I've had more people tell you, oh my gosh, I see you on Instagram. I see you on TikTok. I see you on Facebook. I hear it all the time. Obviously it's working and it's expanding, but it's not just working for us. It's working for our clients' properties. And I wouldn't be able to do that without the support team and the leverage. So I think that's our secret sauce. That's awesome. So where do you see Delir Realty going forward? What's the 10 year plan? That's a good question. Mike challenged me to write like a 10 year letter to myself, really powerful tool. Like it'll bust you up. I remember in 2012 writing down this number that I thought was big and aligning these actions that would take to get this. This wasn't like a formula. This was like, we wrote it on a piece of paper. This was not like a, here's your structured business plan. Yeah. But I remember that year actually hitting that number. And then the very next year, doubling that number. As far as where we go with Delair Realty in the future, we are in Green Bay. We need to continue to build our team in Appleton, kind of these SEAL teams. I want to have a SEAL team in Green Bay, have a SEAL team in Appleton, SEAL team in Oshkosh. And from there, our computer system that we use to be able to publish all of our listings and stuff, they cover some bigger area. But I think Green Bay, Appleton, and Oshkosh, there's a massive opportunity to not only to give me different opportunities, but I can give other people on our staff additional responsibilities, or we may be able to actually increase and hire some more people and provide quality employment. Um, because I'm proud we have, we pay half their health insurance. We have a 401k where we match 4% and I'm an independent brokerage. And there was a, a person who was with us, unfortunately, and was no longer with us. And they went to a national name, like a big name in couldn't, unfortunately, they were not offering insurance. Oh. Devastating to me. That's really cool that you, not only are you providing your employees with a great system, yeah. but you're also providing them with great benefits and taking care of your own. And that's funny that you say that because in prior podcasts, that was like when asked, what would you give as advice to you know business owners? And it was take care of your employees. They are your resource, number one resource. It's great that you made that comment about insurance. I used to think that my job is to be there for the employees and changing your mindset about that. But you're right. And I actually want our staff to have some freedom and flexibility because they see us as real estate agents. To be honest, if you're not your own devil's advocate, I'm just like financial advising. You could talk about doing all this work, but are you really doing work? But I want our staff to have some flexibility. So I'm like always cognizant of that. I don't want them to feel like they're locked into an eight to five and I've got so many great people, like our support staff. A lot of them have been with me for seven, eight, nine years. What would you say in closing, Greg, um, for all of our listeners that stuck through to the end, for the, the entrepreneurial wisdom of the day, what advice would you give to a young Greg starting out at Colwell? What advice would you give to a young real estate guy that just started out? Even then, there was people that told me, you're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do this. And I would tell anyone that's considering doing anything that's outside of the normal box. Even when I bought a duplex, I was like ridiculed, even personally, like, why would you do that? All of the decisions that'll get you out of the normal rat race that everyone is in, society wants you to think one way. Mm -hmm. And when you're into these fields where you can step outside of that a little bit, you're going to get people, I call it like the crab in the bucket. As soon as you try to get out of that bucket, they're trying to pull you back in. I would tell the young Greg, go get it. And like, if somebody tells you not to do something or you can't do something, I had this insatiable chip on my shoulder like that. No one's going to tell me what I can and can't do. So I just lean into it. 
and massive action. And here's what I'll tell you, the most successful people I know, they will open up the playbook and they will tell you anything you wanna know. People are just scared to ask the question. My success is not like, I'm not some like superpower. I'm a collective of all these beautiful brains from all across the nation. I just saw I had a missed call from um, a guy in Atlanta, Georgia. The guy is brilliant. And if I didn't have the wherewithal to like actually build a relationship or genuinely be interested in him, I would have never cracked open an opportunity to learn everything about you know, where he's been successful. He was asking me, hey, what are you doing with this? So lean into people that are successful and the ones you don't think would help you are the ones that will help you the most. There's just something weird about like entrepreneurism and successful people and people are like scared of them. They don't have to be. I'm telling you, like, I'm very generous with my time. I always tell people, if I'm gonna pour into somebody, I don't want your money. I just want you to carry that forward at some point in your life to help somebody or help them improve their life. Like whatever you think you're doing, you can do more. Love it. Well, thank you, Greg, for coming in today. This was fabulous. It's awesome to hear your origin story and where Delay Realty is going. Can't wait to get you on here again in 10 years when you're selling your business and sailing off into the sunset and snowmobiling up north all winter long. I sure will be. <laughs> so again, me. thanks for coming along and thanks for tuning in from Garage to Growth. We'll see you all next time. And that, folks, brings us to the end of another enlightening episode of From Garage to Growth, The Small Business Story. I hope you found today's journey as inspiring as I did and that you'll take the lessons learned today and use them to fuel your own entrepreneurial spirit. Before we sign off, I want to direct you to resources that can further aid your journey. I urge you to visit our website, actionfinancials.com. And while you're at it, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel and Facebook page. We regularly upload content to repel your financial success. Hopefully your journey from the garage to growth just got a little bit easier. Until next time, keep doing life better. And now for some fun disclosures. This material is for general information purposes only and was produced by Action Financial Strategies, LLC. Life insurance is subject to underwriting. No coverage exists until a policy is issued and the required premium is paid. Neither Action Financial Strategies nor Nylife Securities, LLC, or its affiliates provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. For advice on such matters, consult your own professional counsel. Brian is a member agent of Nautilus Group, a service New York Life Insurance Company. Brian Rue, CA Insurance License Number 0B66341. Brian and Bradley Rue are collectively registered representatives of and offer securities products and services through Nylife Securities LLC. Member FINRA SIPC, a licensed insurance agency, 999 Fury Drive, Suite 300, Madison, Wisconsin, 53717, 608-831-4416. Brian and Bradley Rue are also collectively registered as investment advisor representatives with Eagle Strategies LLC, registered investment advisor. Action Financial Strategies is not owned or operated by Nylife Securities or its affiliates. The views of each episode podcast guest and their company do not reflect the views of Action Financial Strategies LLC or New York Life Insurance Company and its affiliates.